Lecture topic. Remaining steadfast on taqwa. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladheena istafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيث ما كنت واتبع السيئه الحسنه تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters with the tawfiq of allah taala allah taala's grace mercy Alhamdulillah, today we start off this program again after the month of Ramadan has passed. During the Mubarak month of Ramadan and even before that already we repeatedly heard the lesson from different quarters the lesson of Taqwa. And this was the purpose and the object of the month of Ramadan, the lesson of Taqwa. When somebody is starting off some venture, starting off some business, starting off anything, so before they start it off, the concern and the focus is on what to do to try and make it productive, to make it achieve its objective. So person starting off a business now will be very concerned about how he's going to set up the business and what stock he's going to buy and how he's going to market it and what he's going to do to get the customers to now come and buy what he's got, etc. All the things that's going to make this business now prosper, make it flourish. But once the business is up and running, one year has passed, then too he stops. But the focus now is a little different. The focus now is that this one year has passed, so what was achieved? So now he's got his accountant now to draw up the books and to give him a complete detail of what has transpired in terms of what came, what went, what was achieved, how much was profit was earned, so this now becomes a focus after that year has passed that what really happened is it worthwhile keeping this going or what so likewise before ramadan during ramadan we had been listening to the lesson about taqwa the importance of taqwa how to inculcate taqwa the purpose and object of ramadan being the inculcating of taqwa in our lives but now after ramadan we have to reflect that this great month allah taala blessed us with this mubarak month was given to us for a purpose for an objective what have we achieved the person who opens up a business he starts off some business venture so at the end of the year he realizes he made a very good profit so because he made a very good profit he doesn't decide well since we made a very good profit so just now squander everything 
just now spend it wildly. He is worried about how to now invest it. He is worried about how to preserve it, to grow it. And if he, Allah forbid, realize that there is a great loss here, so now he doesn't go to sleep, that well all the busy occasions have come and passed, so now what's the point? Now he doubles his effort up. So likewise, we have to be reflecting now, the month of Ramadan came and went, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with such a wonderful opportunity, such a great opportunity, what did we achieve? So how are we going to know what we achieved? So let us take some stock of ourselves, the do's that Allah Ta'ala has given us, how much are we now punctual on it and how much improved is it? Our Salah, that itself is the first thing to look at and that's the most important thing to reflect upon. Has our Salah improved? Are we more conscious about Salah, making a greater effort to perform our Salah on time, in good time, in a better manner? Or is it getting must Allah forbid? Or being done haphazardly? So if it's still being must, it's done haphazardly, that concern and care is not there, then something is still very wrong. And we have missed out on something very important in the month of Ramadan. Extremely important wealth we didn't achieve. Or didn't achieve properly. So it doesn't mean now that the month of Ramadan is gone, so we wait now for the next Ramadan. We don't know whether we're going to be around till then. So we have to immediately turn to Allah Ta'ala, make tawbah and get back on track. So our life is between taqwa and tawbah. If we slipped up somewhere, we have to make tawbah and get back on track immediately. So this is just one example of the do's, the most important aspect nevertheless. But like the do's, there's the don'ts as well. What is our position in terms of the don'ts? Have we now improved? Before Ramadan, there were certain things that may have been in our lives. We made tawbah from it. Are we steadfast on that tawbah? Are we improving? We're looking after our gaze, our tongue, our ears, our heart and mind is now more focused towards Allah Ta'ala. We're not occupying it with wrong thoughts deliberately. Then, Alhamdulillah, the yardstick of taqwa is showing that there has been improvement. But if it is going the other way around, so something is now amiss and we have to start working very hard to build that taqwa in our lives. The issue is that life is very, very short. Life is extremely short. We all the time keep hearing about people passing away and mashallah, there are those who go in such a wonderful way that one just envies them. Allah Ta'ala also grant us death on perfect iman, death in his raza. Yesterday somebody was mentioning to me, I probably it's a well-known thing, but I just didn't somehow get to know about it earlier. One alim who was an imam in his hometown, down in the north coast somewhere, and in the month of Ramadan, while he was fasting, and while he was performing the salah, as the Imam, and he passed away in Salah. Subhanallah, in the month of Ramadan, 
in the masjid, in the condition of fasting, in salah, and as the imam of the salah, and his ruh went away. Subhanallah. What a wonderful way to meet Allah Ta'ala. Now, there are some things that are in sometimes people's lives which nobody gets to know of. They conduct themselves in a very ordinary manner. They live an upright life. And they don't get involved in evils and sins and vices. But other than that, they seem like very ordinary people. Doesn't seem like anything special about them. But we have no idea what is Allah Ta'ala's, what is somebody's connection with Allah Ta'ala and what is Allah Ta'ala's fazal on them. So subhanallah, now this is just something to just marvel at and ponder over and reflect that what number of things now are gathered in this. There was one youngster whose janazah took place on Eid day. He must have been a Muslim for about 7-8 years only, maybe more a little bit at the most, 10 years. Uh, coming from a background where both parents up to now were not Muslim and there was some family pressure etc. also on him that uh, he must give up his Islam coming from a background where he didn't have any support as such let alone support in deen he had support in nothing even in his worldly life also they shunned him because he chose deen so this person used to communicate sometimes, he used to come and visit once in a while, he used to be, once some years back, three, four years back, he even made atikaf. But coming from this kind of background, this kind of environment, this kind of family situation, he eventually had to leave home and fend for himself. And he was now battling, but the times when he would sometimes discuss, sometimes he would uh, call, sometimes come visit, but what came very clearly from his discussions, the passion that he had for his Iman. A young person, perhaps now when he passed away, he must have been at the most around 27, 28, can't be more than that. But the passion for his Iman, and to look after his Iman, to the extent that he now had it quite comfortable in terms of that he was living in his home with his mother, and uh, he was being cared for in terms of day-to-day -day things, he would come home, there would be a ready meal for him, perhaps other things, but there was a lot of pressure on him in terms of his being a Muslim. In order to protect his Iman, he now moved on, now taking care of his own expenses now, which was a, quite a battle, and when he comes home, he was living alone, cook his own food, so now come after a long day of work, and then still now do his own things. But he chose that for the protection of his Iman. In the tail end, he couldn't find anything else, so he was driving taxis. Driving a taxi, which a person in that, who's on that end of the world, meaning in that kind of life, he knows what he goes through, what kind of environment that is what kind of people he has to interact with. In the last visit that he had come was about 3-4 months ago. And in that one of the things he mentioned in passing, just in passing while talking about something, one of the things he mentioned is that he gets under 
very heavy pressure when anybody gets to know that he's a Muslim, in the circles that he is in. So now that he started driving taxis and so on, and he's in a certain now circle now, he has to work among those people. He says, nobody knows yet that he's a Muslim. So now he was dressing in an ordinary manner, but keeping the laws of Shariat in mind. Uh, he had a bit of a beard, but that was his natural growth of a beard. He wasn't cutting it. Uh, but people didn't know he was a Muslim. So, he says that I left it like that because I come under tremendous pressure. I didn't tell them. But now in the midst of all that he says, and that's why I quietly sneak away at the time of Salah and go and perform my Salah and come. Now he's living in an environment or was living in an environment that was completely negative, completely hostile towards him. And the people around him would put him under tremendous pressure. They would mock him and jeer him and whatever else and call him things when they got to know that he's a Muslim. But he bore all that patiently. Now he himself was new in Islam. But he bore all that patiently. He fended for himself in terms of his worldly things, meaning the comfort of his home and all he had to leave. He would go visit, but he had to now live on his own. Now he bore all that patiently and he had a tremendous zeal and passion for his iman. He was looking after his salah for example. Now look at this. What a kind of situation he was working in. And he would sneak away to make sure his salah doesn't get missed. Though for whatever the reasons were at that time he couldn't or did not reveal that he was a Muslim. But he did not yet shirk his salah. He did not allow that salah to get missed. And an upright person person living his deen though he wasn't making it known in the circles that he was that he was a Muslim but he was living his deen now it's that passion that zeal for iman that sacrifices that he was undertaking for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure and ready to undertake the difficulty upon himself to protect his iman to protect his deen it so happened that on the last day of Ramadan it was a Jumu'ah at the most virtuous part of the day of Jumu'ah is the time between Asr and Maghrib. There is the Sa'atul Ijaba, the accepted moment that comes in that time. So it was a day of Friday, it was Jumu'ah, between Asr and Maghrib, and it was Ramadan obviously, it was the last day of Ramadan, it was just before the expiry of Ramadan, and now he was in that kind of... Uh, business or industry, the taxi which is now a bit of a dangerous thing, Allah knows best what happened but somebody came and shot at him and he passed away between Asr and Maghrib so it was a month of Ramadan, he was fasting so in the halat of fasting in the condition that he was observing fast he was so conscious about his salah he obviously was very conscious about his fast as well he was fasting, it was a month of Ramadan, it was a day of Jumu'ah, it was between Asr and Maghrib, and Allah Ta'ala blessed him with shahadat. Now outwardly, people carry on with their lives sometimes, but they are going through a lot, but they are ready to make those sacrifices. They are ready to undertake what comes in their way, but not shirk in their deen. And we all have to leave and that moment is fixed and we are not going to be able to escape it. Nobody is going to be able to delay it. But how we are going to go, 
we have that chance to make it happen now. Meaning, how we live, that's how we are going to go. Kama tahyauna tamutun. As you live, that's how you die. So now, that heart that is connected to Allah Ta'ala, concerned about Salah, living in a hostile environment, but don't want to miss the Salah, even though for whatever the reason was, the person couldn't reveal, or didn't want to reveal to those around that I'm a Muslim, but didn't compromise his Islam, and didn't compromise his deen, he sneaked away, he made sure he performed his Salah, came back and carried on like he just went away somewhere else, didn't tell them where he went and came, but he didn't shirk, he didn't compromise, now that Qurbani didn't go in vain, time to go was fixed, but Allah Ta'ala took him in such a wonderful way, gave him a Jumu'ah, gave him a time while he was fasting, and gave it to him in that special time between Asr and Maghrib, and then Subhanallah Shahadat, now, person came new into Iman, but he held on to his deen, he held on to his amal, he held on to his connection with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala blessed him. Now we also have to meet that moment one day. Allah knows best how soon. We have to also meet Allah Ta'ala. So now when we are also in that same direction, what effort are we making to make our moment of moth a positive one? A moment when we meet Allah Ta'ala in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. Allah is pleased with us at that time. That requires we now bring our life onto taqwa, bring our life onto the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, in the way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. So now at the top of the list is obviously the crux of it all is taqwa. That is what was the month of Ramadan given to us for. Now in taqwa, all the do's are also included, because they cannot be taqwa if a person is missing his faraz, missing his wajib, not being cared about sunnat al the taqwa is not in place properly. So now, the farz can never be compromised at all. Wajib can never be compromised. And likewise, thereafter comes the sunnat e So those are the do's that we can never leave out. Now that is the dictates of taqwa. If there's taqwa in a person's life, this will be an automatic part of it. Then likewise, the don'ts. Now this is one example on the side of the do's. But if there's taqwa, then there'll be mujahada undertaken, but we won't fall into the sins deliberately. Person won't be programming themselves for sin. And when they are finding a challenge in something that is now drawing them towards sin, or becoming a temptation, then they will be far away from that as well. Something that is causing a problem in their life, something that is tripping them into, into haram, getting them involved in the sins of the eyes, sins of the ears, filling their heart with filth, so now how they'll get close to that, they'll stay far away from it the smartphone, that will be something that they will have they will treat it like fire because it's burning them so if somebody's getting burnt with it so you going to treat it like fire so to keep far away from it extinguish it with toba, istighfar and then keep far away from it now these are the things we need to reflect on so our life is between taqwa and tawbah. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem sallallahu has given us this prescription, ittaqillaha haythuma kunta. Fear Allah ta'ala, wherever you may be. So this is a prescription now, that look, the month of Ramadan came and went, don't think now taqwa is gone with the month of Ramadan. 
the month of Ramadan, the highlight of it was taqwa. It came to boost the taqwa. It came to make us conscious of Allah Ta'ala and take us to a new level of consciousness. But now that the month of Ramadan is gone, that is to be now continued. That is to be maintained. And that applies at all times and in all places. So Nabi Kareem says to us, Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta. Fear Allah Ta'ala, be conscious of Allah Ta'ala, adopt taqwa for Allah Ta'ala, wherever you may be. And wherever you may be, so that includes whenever the time is also. Whether it is madrasa, whether it is home, whether it is holiday, whether it is somewhere else that the person is in, some other place, wherever the person may be, and whatever time of the year it might be, whether it is Ramadan or out of Ramadan, it is a Monday or a Jumu'ah, whether it is the Laylatul Bara'a or Laylatul Qadr or any part of the year, the same rule applies, Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta, that be conscious of Allah Ta'ala, adopt taqwa for Allah Ta'ala, fear Allah Ta'ala, wherever you may be. So now mu'min, he will be trying to very, very, try to walk very carefully through this path so that he reaches Allah Ta'ala safely with his iman intact, with his Islam intact, without getting caught up in things that are going to distance him from Allah Ta'ala and earn the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So that is the way he's going to walk, very carefully. Somebody asked uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala that what is taqwa all about? So he responded and asked him that did you ever walk through a path where there's thorny bushes on either side? Perhaps it was Umar radiallahu that asked him the question. Did you ever walk on a path where there were thorny bushes on either side? Now a path which is a very narrow pathway and there's thorny bushes on either side. Now a thorny bush person just merely brushes past it also it will grab onto his clothes and now it might tear something and if it was little bit more of a brush it will scratch him, it might injure him now it's a meandering path and there's thorny bushes all over the place and now it might be a dimly lit place so even if it's brightly lit too but because it's a very narrow path he's going to now, how is he going to walk here? He has to save himself from getting brushed against any of those thorns. So Ali Radina asked this question, was asked this question, so then he in reply asked that how would you walk past this path? So most likely it was Umar Radiallahu He replied and said that I will gather my garments very closely to me. Because now loose garments, so a person is walking can very easily get caught in that thorny bush. So now you will gather your garments, maybe make everything snug and tight around you so that it doesn't get caught in anything and you yourself will walk very carefully. So that's what he explained. This is what I'll do and walk very carefully so that I don't get injured in any way. My clothes don't get caught into the thing in any way and get torn. He said, but that is taqwa. That is what taqwa is all about. That we have to walk through this path of life so we gather ourselves and don't let ourselves get caught up in all the thorns of nafs and shaitan. They have this thorny and very dangerous tentacles sticking out there and waiting to catch their prey. So, we need to be cautious and very careful so that we don't become the prey of nafs and shaitan. 
They are waiting out there to hunt us. Allah forbid, Allah save us. So that's the way in which we will walk. Take extra caution, very great precaution. Get far away from those means that cause us to fall into haram, into sin. And you have to take super caution. Now many people, they have some issue about, well they need the phone for this work, for that work. They are running their business through their phone. And everything is now happening through the internet. So now they have to do this and that. So there are many, many safeguards that then need to be in place. Those safeguards need to be in place. So among the safeguards, one person for example, he said, okay, he has now taken these steps to have these safeguards. So now he shut off every kind of notification. Why? He says, now I see some notification came, that now this is some newsworthy item. So I then press on that. Now then that starts off one whole chain reaction. So now that was a notice. Only many times long after I realized that that was a notice from Shaitan. That now Shaitan was marketing himself. But now when he's marketing himself, it depends now. You get those people who are honest traders. So now they give their, they also market their goods. But now they market it in a very honest manner. And they will give whatever the benefit of that good is or whatever features they are in it, etc. in an honest manner. And then you'll get somebody who's marketing his goods in a way that nobody can match him. But sometimes people who are doing it so expertly, they are out to deceive the customer. So they're marketing a defective product, marketing something that's going to be very problematic, but they are doing it in such a way that it looks better than everything else. The good famous story, the very well-known famous story about that person who wanted to sell his horse. So why he wanted to sell his horse off? It was giving him a whole lot of problems. So many problems and I got fed up with it. It was always now just becoming rebellious. He's riding it and he suddenly just stops dead and throws a rider off and it's hurting people and it's kicking out and what not's going on. So he got fed up with it. Now enough is enough, we'll sell it off. So he brought it to the marketplace where this is the options, the, the auctions take place. Auctions of uh, sale of animals and so on. So now he came there, now there was an auctioneer, or whether auctioneer or whatever, some salesperson now, they know how to do the sales. So now this person went to that agent now, and he told the agent I want to sell this horse. And... Uh, Maybe he told him some of the faults of the horse or didn't tell him. So now the agent needs a commission. So now for the commission he has to make sure it gets sold. If it gets sold he earns his commission. So now he started advertising the horse. Now he's standing there and shouting out, attracting the customers. And now he started giving the virtues of this horse. And started praising it. And started giving all its good points. So now he did it in such an expert way. He did it so well that the owner who was standing there, who came to sell the horse up, because he was so fed up with it, he got so carried away with the advert, so got carried away with the sales talk, that he told the agent, okay, I don't want to sell it anymore, if it's so good, I'm taking it back home. And he took it and went away. Now, he also got deceived about something, that he knew better than everybody else, how defective this is. Now, that is the way that shaitan works also. Something that is a lost case, it's 
total harm, total defect, but shaitan will put out one notification, very innocent kind of notification. But now that notification is the bait. The bait, the bait looks very tempting to the fish. It looks very, very delicious. It looks totally innocent. But behind the bait is the hook. If the hook was shown right up front, and the hook was now glaring and very visible, then that's not a fisherman. And that fish is not going to bite on that. So therefore the fisherman now doesn't expose the hook. He exposes the bait only. So Shaitan also got his bait. Very innocent looking bait. And the person says, no, I just went to do this. I don't know how I finished off there. I just went to only read this something here in the news. I don't know where it happened that my own news became unnewsworthy. News is all about history. Something that happened now. So now the person now is reading something which is history now. It happened in the past. Whether that past is one day ago or whatever. So now in reading about the history of others, he spoiled his whole future. He's reading about the past of others, but what he fell into destroyed his future. Now what good is that? Reading something newsworthy, so-called newsworthy, that his news tomorrow is going to be very, very negative news. Allah forbid. So now this is shaitan's trap. And now that is what we have to become very conscious about. So in any case, the Hadith Sharif gives us this direction and guidance. Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta. Fi Allah ta'ala, wherever you may be. In everything, in every matter. And then, while trying to walk carefully, while trying to avoid any issue, while trying to be very conscious of Allah ta'ala, but perchance a person slipped up. Insan is insan. He is not an angel. He can slip plans to walk very carefully, he takes the precautions, he does what is in his capacity to save himself from falling into haram, but somewhere something went off the track and he slipped by chance. So immediately what is required, says, if you erred somewhere, then immediately follow it with some good action the effect of that sin will then be deleted inshallah. Tawbah must be made as well and that effect will then be now the person turned to Allah Ta'ala, made Salatul Tawbah, shed tears of remorse and regret, made some Salatul Haja, istighfar a few hundred times, gave some Sadaqah. So this is all that some wrong took place. So now he erased the wrong with something right. Erase the wrong with some good deeds. Together with Tawbah, engage in A'mal. And this must happen without delay. This must happen immediately. The shaitan, then he's going to start reeling in. The person put on that hook now, put on the bait, so got hooked. So now by getting into A'mal immediately, getting into Tawbah immediately, istighfar, doing righteous deeds, one will get unhooked. But otherwise, he remains hooked, then shaitan is going to start reeling. And then he's going to be in the frying pan, Allah forbid. So now, immediately Tawbah. And righteous actions, amal, istighfar. So a moment this is his life. Between taqwa and Allah forbid, some slip up somewhere, immediate Tawbah. Taqwa and Tawbah, istighfar and Tawbah. Person carrying on in this manner, that he always is maintaining his taqwa. How is he always maintaining his taqwa? 
is walking very carefully, he is not deliberately putting himself into wrong, and Allah forbid if he slipped up, he is not delaying tawbah one moment, then he is maintaining his taqwa. Then this person will keep progressing and he will move forward, and he will then attain inshallah istiqamat on taqwa. Gradually, the distance and the duration between the taqwa that he adopted and some error and mistake that will start increasing. First it was happening every 10 minutes he was slipping up somewhere, then every 10 uh, hours maybe, then maybe gradually inshallah it might be gone to even once in 10 days that he slip up somewhere. But if he remains constant on this that he doesn't delay the toba and with all sincerity and with remorse and regret turns to Allah Ta'ala and engages in righteous amal thereafter as discussed just now, then inshallah that will keep building and gradually Allah Ta'ala will grant him istiqamat on the tawbah. So now this is the mu'min's life between taqwa and tawbah. And then the last portion of the hadith sharif, Nabi Yisra'asun says, وَخَالِقِنْ nasa بِخُلُقٍ hasan," And deal with people with good akhlaq. Deal with people with beautiful character. So that is what we have to reflect on as well. What is the kind of akhlaq we are displaying? How are we living? If we keep up with these few things, inshallah, there will be tremendous khair, barkat in everything we do, and we'll get very close to Allah Ta'ala. Our dunya will also become a place of peace and happiness for ourselves. The main thing is death is imminent. Allah knows best when our time comes. But if we keep trying to live in this manner, inshallah, we'll be blessed with a good moth, and the akhirat is then open for us. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq that we bring taqwa in our lives fully and make tawbah, sincere tawbah as well and we try to always be with good akhlaq Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athmayta ala nafsik Allahu la ilaha illahu wal hayyul qayyum wa'anatil wujuhu lil hayyul qayyum Ya ahadan samadan lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakullahu kufuan ahad Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu Rabbana ulamna anfusana wa illam taghfillana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina azab al-nar Allahumma wafiqna lima tuhibbu wa tarba wa jal akhiratana khiram minal ula اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله